Hello, everybody. Welcome to American Pale Males, your nerdy beer tasting podcast. I am Michael, speaking through gritted teeth, one of your hosts, and with me is the other host, Jeremy, speaking through broken teeth. Michael, how's it going? <laughs> Besides the uh, the much lamented uh, technical difficulties. Yeah, uh, I am doing a backup recording on this just in case something goes wrong again. But I think we're in the clear now. At least we caught the the uh, problem before we record everything. Yes. Because I don't know if we can get this beer again. <laughs> that's at right. It's not easily. Yes, that's a little hint for everybody at home. Mm-hmm. But before getting to the real beer, Jeremy. Or the, you know, the show beer. Well, yeah. What beers have you had recently? Do you have any beer brags? I have a beer brag, Michael, and so you're going to have to pull your weight this week. I I, I, I actually ha- have drunken a beer. <laughs> I've drank in a beer. <laughs> Don't try I've drank. Um, so the fiancé and I have, we there's a, a local trivia chain. I guess mm. uh, program whatever. Okay, it's it's called Andrew's Bar Exam. Oh yes, you mentioned that. Yes, mm-hmm. we have, and uh, so they have seasons, which seems to roughly correspond with about three four months. And you know, at the end of each season, you know, they wrangle the top scores from the top people, and then they put you all together, and they have like a a Super Bowl of trivia. Okay, mm. we have not played enough to qualify for previous seasons because it's cold and we put these things off but <laughs> yeah sure uh we've been making an attempt to go more and so we got second place at the sanctuary last night uh free pitcher of beer any pitcher of beer at the sanctuary which is very good and this was the prize for the super bowl well no this is the prize for second place for, last okay night. so we're not okay gotcha okay so while first place was uh a $25 gift card, which would be more helpful for my fiance. I can probably find a pitcher of beer that costs $25. There. <laughs> yeah. These that days, said, yes. uh, I had a beer called Fuller's Golden Pride. Okay. You is heard, that English? You heard of this one? It is English. This They refer to it as the cognac of beers, equivalent in strength mm. to Belgian Abbey beer or barley wine. Mm. Uh, let's slow your roll there, Fuller's. Okay. okay. Fuller's Golden Pride provides one of our richest drinking experiences, described as the cognac of beers by one leading beer writer. Okay, that's where it comes from. It's a deep amber drop of distinction that finds favor with a U, with even the most discerning palate. Brewer's notes say that there are rich malty aromas lead to a similarly styled palette with sweet and bitter flavors expressed in good balance. Okay. There's sweet orange oil, toasted grain, and spicy fruitcake flavors on the tongue, and an intense lasting finish. All those things are accurate. Uh, this is a really good beer. Hmm. Um, it kind of reminded me of a double. Okay. Without the, without the Belgian East. Okay. So okay. It, it, it really leans on the uh, the hops and the malts to do the heavy lifting in this one, and uh, Fuller's makes good beer, and they they claim it's uh, four out of five hops worth of biscuit, or biscuit. <laughs> it claims it's four out of five hops worth of bitterness. Biscuit. F- pipe down, because uh, <laughs> down below it says biscuity floral okay. hops, okay. and a sweetness rating of four sugar cubes out of five, and uh, with malty and biscuity aromas. And I, I agree, it's, it's very good. Uh, imagine if you take the Belgian character out of a double, and you put sort of like a marmalade flavor in it. Oh. So kind of like that rindy, slightly okay. bitter orangey oh, okay. flavor. It's, it's, not, it's not predominant at all, um, but it is there, sort of like how uh, orange is in a blue moon. Right. But without putting the orange, before you put the orange in it, obviously. Right, right. Um, 
It's very good. It's called Golden Pride, but it is dark brown. Right, yeah, that I, that kind of threw me off at first. Yeah. But. It, me too. I thought it was going to be like a Golden Strong based on right. the description they had at the beer menu. But, uh, yeah, it's very good. 4.5 out of 5. I really enjoyed it. And if it didn't clock in at 8.5%, I would be severely tempted to get a picture of it and just sit there and read some horrible book about <laughs> Like the prison industrial complex or something like that. <laughs> Very studious of you. Well, there's no TVs there, you see, Michael. Uh, and I have to impress the nerds at uh, at uh, Sanctuary. Besides, I like that place. And I'm not going to ask someone to just come sit and watch me finish a picture of you. <laughs> and I don't really feel like sharing, because the only person that I would share this with doesn't drink beer. I see. So you did end up having the whole picture then? We won it, but I haven't gotten my prize yet. Oh, okay. So this wasn't the pitcher of beer. This was just a beer you had at... No, no, no. Ah. Uh, no, this was, this was just a random pint I got. Gotcha. Okay. I also had Reunion Lager, but that one's not a, one's not quite as great as some of the other Reunion beers, so I went with the Fuller's instead. Gotcha. What about yourself, Michael? What's this beer you've drinking? <laughs> this beer I've drunken is something that's done every year up here, which mm-hmm. any buddy can figure out where up here is uh, <laughs> after I go through this beer brag. But during you craft... said you live in Wisconsin, Michael. <laughs> right. During uh, Craft Beer Week here, all the brewers get together and collaborate on one brew. Oh. And it's called Common Thread. Interesting. I've, I've heard of this. Yes. So this year, it was a American Pale Lager. Hmm. And so it was really good. There's always one brewer that where they brew it, and kind of that leads the uh, charge, if you will. And it was done at Carbon Four this year, mm-hmm. which is that's a, why you were checking in all those beers. <laughs> yeah, my favorite part was it had the the body and kind of effervescence and crispness of a lager, but then it had a flavor profile of a APA or IPA, mm-hmm. more um, of the in the fruity domain, more popular domain that you see running amok now, but not to the point where it was like orange juice or anything like that. Just a mm-hmm. nice, fruity dance of flavors, orangey mango flavors going across the tongue right on top of this crisp lager. Frolicking across the palate, one might say. Yes. And then it finished, uh, had a nice bitter finish in the kind of classic pale ale style, or, you know, pale lager style, I guess you would say. Your typical pale beer, I guess, mm-hmm. to generalize it more. So a yeah, hoppy American beer. Yeah, it it hit all the kind of notes that you would expect it to, but it did all of that very well. And to harmonize those things can be difficult, and they also did that very well too. It wasn't like you know, oh, this is way too bitter, or this is way too light on the lager side, mm-hmm. or this is way too fruity. It was just like the right amount of everything, very balanced in that regard. So that was an excellent one. Common Thread 2018. Get it while you can. I really enjoy the idea of the pale loggers. I I don't know. It's just one of those things. It's it's weird, but it feels right. Yeah, it's a nice vehicle for, especially these fruitier um, Mm -hmm. pale blank. (laughs) I want to say pale ale, but it's that's not these fruity pale beers. Yeah, yeah, it works very well with those. Just that uh, mouth feel with that flavor. It's really good. Mm Mhm. Excellent. Uh, Michael, I've been doing some digging, and mind you, some other things, but you know, I've, I've come across a few interesting articles while I've been sitting around uh, slacking, basically, and one of those I have, and one of them you have. Uh, 
Let's start with the one you have teed up. Yeah, okay. Uh, so basically, I was flipping through Twitter, as I want to do, and I noticed uh, food and wine. I do not subscribe to their tweets, mind you, but maybe I will, because they have a list of the 25 most important American craft beers ever brewed. And important. There's... there's important yeah so this is not the this isn't this is a it's a very uh important uh, uh, <laughs> god it's 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 a, there's not really a word i can substitute in there the distinction is paramount <laughs> well done okay uh so so down the list you know it has uh a lot of these i had not heard of have you did you look through the list i did zip through the list and yeah okay. some of them i hadn't heard of there was lots of anchor beers on there which there is were. interesting but so basically down the the list, there's like Dogfish Head 90 Minute for the continuous hopping process. Oh. Uh, Gary's Pale Ale for being the East Coast's first microbrewery. I uh, see. And as you said, there's like, you know, this was the first Hefe that really broke through. This was the first Berliner Weiss, which has uh, an awesome label, Nodding Head, N-O-D-D-I-N-G, Nodding Head, Ich bin ein Berliner Weiss. It's got a sort of a markered version of the guy from Raiders of the Lost Ark's face melting at the end of the movie. <laughs> it's pretty sweet. Um, but yeah. Th- so beers that really were landmarks as far as introducing new styles or new processes to the American brewing landscape. Um, like 15 was Dale's Pale Ale from Oscar Blues because they were one of the first craft, they were the first brewery, craft brewery to independently put beer into cans. Okay. Yeah. So it, it's it's things uh, it's things like that. There's a lot of uh, Sierra Nevada. I guess let's look at top five or top ten. I'll, I'll hit some highlights. Highlights. There you go. Highlights in the top ten. Number eight, our old friend Three Floyd's Dark Lord. It used to be that the only time you'd line up for a beer was at halftime during a football yeah. game. But Three Floyd's Brewing Company helped change that with Dark Lord, a massive fifteen percent alcohol Russian Imperial Stout brewed with coffee, Mexican vanilla, and Indian sugar. Each year on Dark Lord Day, I wish I could go, the Indiana Brewery sells this coveted beer to eager crowds who line up down the block. Quote, it's not just a beer, it's an event, a ritual, end quote, says Gregory Hall, who, inspired by Three Floyds, famously gave Bourbon County brand stout its own day. This sort of thing is now commonplace, but writer Aaron Goldfarb credits Three Floyds with the invention. That's, yeah, the the beer slash concert festival that's cropping up more and more now. Um, special releases and yeah you got to give them give it to them for doing that and now like we, we were going on beer black book or what yes oh yeah. uh is something like that yeah and how sought after these beers are they it's i mean pretty ridiculous that kind of limited release has a big role in in driving some of those secondary market prices which mm-hmm. is incredible so so, some is warranted, some is not. Number right. six, Anchor Liberty Ale. Anchor Brewing may be most famous for Anchor Steam, but Liberty Ale has made more of a direct impact on America's brews. Quote, this could be considered the first American IPA or APA, end quote, says Hopley yes. bar owner Michael Roper, the man who's seen beer history unfold while working in bars for more than 40 years. Quote, introduced in 1975, jeez, when no other American beer approached its 47 IBU level of bitterness, <laughs> it acquainted American drinkers to oh, whole cascade man. hops and to the almost forgotten dry hopping method. This beer turned a lot of heads around and inspired many young brewers to follow a new road. That's, this is America's first dry hopped pale ale. Yeah, that's that's huge. And I think we might have mentioned that beer like way early in the show when we went into huh. deep dives on the styles, saying that that was the first one, because it sounds mm-hmm. very familiar, but yeah. 
got, got to give it to him there. 1970s, Jesus. I know, I know right? Uh, Goose Island, Bourbon County. Oh, yeah. This is number three, by the way. Today, it seems like every brewery displays a stack of wooden barrels in its taproom, yep. showing <laughs> off forthcoming barrel-age creations. True. But back in the 90s, it was unusual to barrel-age beer. Quote, the first time Goose Island brought Bourbon County's brand stout to the Great American Beer Festival, we entered as an imperial stout as there were few categories in 1995, explains Gregory Hall, mentioned before, the former Goose Island brewmaster who's created what's considered to be the first whiskey barrel-aged beer and currently the man behind Virtue Cider, an equally forward-thinking Michigan cider brand. Quote, the beer was a hit, but it was DQ'd for being too strong with notes of barrel and bourbon. Balderdash. <laughs> I can't win because it's too good. I argued that making a great beer should be the point rather than following style rules better than the rest. Yeah, yeah. Today, barrel aging is so popular that brewers struggle to get their hands on the first choice of bourbon barrels. Yes. But despite all the imitators, Hall embraces his legacy. I'm so glad to see innovation continuing to be celebrated, not only in craft beer, but in cider and in spirits as well. Yeah, that's another very apropos one. That's when you look at the beer market today, Again, the whale beers and even trickling down to more common beers, you're seeing barrel-aged or variants and beyond whiskey barrels, you're growing into brandy and... Muscat barrels. Yeah, yeah, wine barrels. and So that triggered a whole revolution. Yeah, Mm -hmm. very, very good one. We're getting up to the heavy hitters now, Michael. Number two, Sam Adams Boston Lager. Mm. Big breweries spill more beer than I make all year, Jim Coke, founder Uh of the... Boston Beer Company famously espoused in early ads for his brand, Samuel Adams. For many drinkers in the 1990s, that imagery of spilled beer was their first occasion to consider the idea of craft brewing, then warmly referred to as microbrewing. But in an ironic twist, it was Sam Adams' massive growth that made the brand so important to small brewers everywhere, as the company's flagship Boston lager went on to become one of the first independently made brews to be ubiquitous on beer lists, Sam Adams put craft yeah. beer in front of more non-craft beer drinkers than ever before. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, I mean, that, that really kind of says it all. Yeah. Um, did you already cheat and see what number one is? I did, but not looking at the article now, I, <laughs> in case it blows up my computer, <laughs> I can't remember what it is. It's Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, Michael. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Hint relates to uh, FDR. <laughs> oh, wow. It does. Yes. That's another Blues Clues. <laughs> Two of three. I was going to say, you really do have a child, don't you? Uh, <laughs> groundbreaking upon its release and still a critical and commercial darling all these years later, the beer's focus on American hops has established it as the country's signature pale ale. I would agree. Uh, last year, Statista ranked it as the 19th best-selling beer in the U.S., which is friggin' impressive. Yeah. Quote, when we first brewed our pale ale in 1980, we knew it was a departure from what was available but as serious home brewers, it was what we and our friends love to drink, explains Ken Grossman, founder and owner of Sierra Nevada, about his humble home brewing roots that have resulted in a brand worth an estimated $1 billion, with a B as in boy, dollars. Oof. Good God. We've continued to brew our original recipe using lots of whole cone cascade and 100% two-roll malt, and we still embrace natural bottle conditioning. We started out with a strong vision for what we wanted pale ale to be flavor-wise and stuck to the highest standards without ever compromising on bitterness or hop flavor. I think that even after 35 years, our clear focus still shines through the beer. Yeah, it's... I mean, it has to be that. If not that, then what, Anchor Steam, maybe? Yeah, yeah, it would have to be... I mean, the... That or Sam Adams. Boston Lager was a strong contender, yeah. Yeah. It just 
for kicking the whole thing off. But Sierra Nevada kind of kicked it off. It kind of combined the Liberty Ale and the Boston Lager by kind of did didn't it? mass marketing beer that is very hoppy and now represents the majority of the craft beer market in the pale ale style. Would we think that pale like excluding you know the the macros? Mm-hmm. Would we say that the the most ubiquitous style is pale ale or India pale ale, some sort of variant? Y- yes, it, it is definitely. It's, it, it's got to be right. If if not the majority, the plurality. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, um, well it's done, pretty. Michael. It's pretty high up there as far as popularity goes in the U.S. So and there's always new ones coming out, just constantly, constantly evolving. Yeah, and uh, sleazy Eddie. My own attempt at an unfiltered IPA. It turned out pretty well. It has that, uh, you know, that weird sort of oily, buttery taste that we talk about sometimes? Mm-hmm. It has that. Hmm. And I don't know how we got it. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy, what if I said you could take that classic Sierra Nevada Pale Ale and put your own twist on it? I would say, why, Michael? What Of what do you speak? This was another article that you found... I brought it up on my phone, but I just Googled it. So it's on SeriousEats.com? It is on Serious okay. Eats, my beloved Serious Eats. Okay. So the article is, use a French press to add flavor to your beer. And so they start off with a little background here. Dogfish Head created a device called Randall the Enanim... <laughs> God. Randall the Enanim... <laughs> Randall the Enamel Animal. And it's a device that connects to the keg into a canister that holds hops and it basically flushes the beer through those hops and you get this increased flavor and this kind of innovation is used at breweries and craft beer bars to infuse a whole bunch of different flavors into beer michael i still have hops left over <laughs> this, oh, this my, is exact- oh my god okay yes, and i exactly. have a french press okay anyway yes continue. so do i so i'm actually curious about this too they basically say you could probably do something similar at home with a french press and they give some recipes here. Let's just go down through these, and um, we can e- go into at least one recipe to show how it works. This this thing, the Randall looks cool. It they does. Have a picture of it up at the top. Yeah, it's. I kind of want to try to make one. It's very um, I don't know, like homebrew sciency looking. <laughs> yeah, it is. Crackpot inventor at the top of the hill, sort of stuff. Yeah, like Gail's coffee making rig from Breaking Bad. <laughs> R.I.P. Gale. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. Now I'm sad. <laughs> um, oh, God. <laughs> so let's go in. Sierra Nevada Pale Ale with ginger and grapefruit. This one sounds really good. Yeah, this one, yeah. Although I'll say one thing about it, but we'll go through this one in detail, then we'll go through the other recipes real quick. Sure. So the grapefruit does all the work here, contributing both some sweetness, sourness, and bitterness to accent the hoppy pale ale. The ginger kicks in a little spice and freshens up the palate in the finish. Altogether, it kind of tastes like Fruit Loop cereal. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. This would be a great Sunday brunch beverage in place of a mimosa. I can see that. Uh-huh. Um, so how to do it? Peel one medium grapefruit with a vegetable peeler, removing only the zest, not the pith. Tear into pieces. Add to French press. Then slice the grapefruit in half and remove one section of the fruit. Flush and peel and squeeze into the press, adding it whole to the press. So you, you peel, you, you take the peel off, leaving the pith. You put the peel in. Yes. Okay. You slice the grapefruit in half, remove one section of the fruit. And then throw that in. And then add chopped fresh ginger. Pull the whole 12-ounce bottle on top. Let's seat for three minutes, then press filter down and serve. 
The pictures look great in his, by the way. Yes. That sounds excellent. The only thing is, with some of these with fruit, is it almost just kind of like squeezing a fruit in there when you think about it? Kind of, but... Uh, it's cooler well, than Well, I that. mean, <laughs> it, 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 I feel like it's cooler than that because, like, if it was just putting juice in, then it'd be like, you can put an orange in your blue moon. Right, yeah. But uh, I think the fact that they're using the peel adds a different dimension to it. It adds that bitterness, a little bit of a, that oily slip oh, yeah, that, some com- of the oils that especially the comes off yeah, yeah, from yeah. a grapefruit. And I do love a good grapefruit. And that'd be a nice, easy one to do. Um, so would. we'll go through the others real quick here. Mm-hmm. And you can we can say good, bad, or intrigued or not. Yeah. There's one of them that looks truly awesome. And I think you probably <laughs> know what I'm talking about. Okay. New Belgium triple with lime and mint. I don't know if I like that one. Some of these I don't like because either the beer that they use is too prestigious or I like mm-hmm. the style enough on its own. But So... Green Flash West Coast IPA with mango and hops. So adding more hops, that sounds... Yeah, that it looks like they're using whole cone hops in here. Could a press, like a filter out uh, pellets, do you think? Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. It filters out coffee grains. That's true, yeah. This one's weird. Lindenman's Frambois with cocoa nibs. So that's going to be like a raspberry cocoa. Chocolate. That sounds good. You know, I'll bet I could probably get Fiance of the Show to try this one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that... Uh, this one seems like something she would like, because, you know, who doesn't love chocolate and fruit? That Lambic is, mm-hmm. you know... It's not not really a not beer. Really, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's a nice, fruity beverage. Delicious, though. Yes. North Coast Old Rasputin. <laughs> Rasputin. The, the Old Raz. Uh, I think this is just a regular one, not the barrel-aged, with coffee and oak. This is the one that looks awesome. That does look good. Um, and they're saying you can get oak chips, uh, smoked oak chips from a brewing store, which I, I believe. Or I... you can get them from Steve's basement because <laughs> we still have a good many of them from coffee and whiskey. Oh, so you, ooh, okay. So I can do, do I can do this one, Michael. Stone Arrogant Bastard Ale with coconut, cocoa nibs, and oak. Side note, at the sanctuary, they had a 2015 double bastard aged over espresso. Hmm. Which I, maybe, oh, God. I'm not going to be able to leave if I get a picture of that. Anyway, <laughs> and continue. I think that's all they have here, but this is very intriguing. The, uh, the the coconut one sounds, because Jesus on a coconut was pretty awesome. Yeah, making your own coconut beer. You'd have to be pretty like slow too, right? You don't want to be too turbulent, otherwise you're going to lose all the fizz. It's a good point. Yeah, you have to be ginger with the whole process, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I will try to do that at some point here. Uh, the Sierra Nevada one is intriguing. The Sierra Nevada one is intriguing. I'm thinking, I'm looking good and hard at that. Uh, Rasputin. Well, Raz. Yeah. I, I, I can do that one because, I mean, I, I even have some of that municipal waste coffee left. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'd be curious to, and then you'd, I think I would want to do half and half and just side by side just to see what difference it makes, too. Oh, yeah, that's get, get yourself a nice control in there. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. So Maybe uh, we'll have to do that next time we see each other. That'd be a good project, yeah, yeah, that yeah. That would be a good projo. Put it on the list. Put it on the docket. It just made the list. <laughs> okay, so... Uh, en- enough hemming and hawing, Michael. Is it time? It's time for the FDR. Is it time? Finally, we've been craving this beer for over an hour now, <laughs> given this computer airs. So oh, let's get yeah. into it, Jeremy. Reveal the beer and let us know what it's all about. 
Well, Michael, what it's all about is finding a beer, drinking a beer, and rating a beer, hence the FDR. But this one I just sort of saw at John's Grocery here in town. And this is limited edition. A collabo. An interesting collabo. It is an interesting collabo between uh, the somehow ubiquitous in this episode Sierra Nevada and Weihenstefaner. I think I'm saying it right, but yes. I don't really care. Uh, it's called Brow Pact. Yeah. It's a Hefe Weiss beer with a uh, a bear monk. I'm <laughs> assuming he's a monk. Yes. He's he's throwing up the shaka bra and yeah, he's got a loose. couple of barrels. Yeah. So weird. Like one of the oldest breweries in the world in Germany teaming up Since with... Since 1040. Yes. Teaming up with California-based Sierra Nevada, an old craft brewery, but, uh, you uh, know... Several uh, 40 years decimal old. points. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um... So yeah, I actually I saw some this drop somewhere on Twitter or somewhere in my beer radar and I'm like, oh, I got to try that. And then you had it in the swap. I'm like, yes, I'm in the big one too. Yeah, you got yeah, you got a big size too. 16.9 over a pound. Yeah. yeah. 500 I, ml. I, uh Michael, I have some color text for you. Please. This is nothing about the uh the actual, you know, collaboration. This is just about the beer itself. Do, 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 do. This naturally cloudy amber Hefeweizen has a firm, creamy head and reveals fragrances of peach, apricot, and citrus on the nose. The initial impression on the palate is of a bouquet of aromas, including subtle touches of banana plus refreshing grapefruit from the American Chinook hops. The fruity peach and apricot notes from the Amarillo hops are balanced by the gentle sweetness of the caramel malt. This beer has a delicate tartness that melds into a harmonious mouthfeel on the finish. The alcohol content is 6.0 ABV. The uh, the IBU is 35. Yeah, drink this at 7 to 10 degrees Celsius, Michael. So I think we need to... I'm glad this has been an hour. Yeah, I do have um, a little background on the breweries, too. Ah, cool. Do it. Um, and why they do it. It doesn't say exactly what the why they teamed up but it just says they embarked to create a dream team partnership and <laughs> um it's the first time that <laughs> sierra nevada chose to partner with the long established breweries and both breweries had something to glean and gain from each other they spent about the better part of 2017 on recipe development ultimately creating brow pact which literally means beer pact yes brew pact or brewery pact beer pact and it also, the name plays, apparently, in this press release, on America's Bro Pact, vernacular for fraternal allegiances. Ah, okay. And the label features, yeah, the bear giving the hang loose sign. Shaka bra. Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious about this one. I'm very curious, yeah. Halatala tradition hop and refined with American West Coast Amarillo and Chinook hops. So you got German and West Coast hops in there meeting somewhere in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah, right. Yeah, I'm cautiously optimistic. I, I have really no idea what to expect from this. Well, let's uh, let's dig in then, shall we? Yes. Uh, what glass are you using, Michael? Um, I'm using, like, the German Beer Hall dimpled glass stein, um, mainly because of the capacity again. Mm-hmm. Just like I'm last I'm using week. the uh, the Hefe Hammer. Narrow at the bottom. Oh, yeah. That's a good one, too. That's actually exactly what you want for this. I so rarely get to use this glass because it's just unwieldy and uh, not appropriate, I guess. 
This is a foamy beer, Michael. Oh, yeah. Wow, it's really foaming up there. Um, Got to take a little break here. While we're doing that, I can tell you that... Uh, it's while super I hazy. Was, it is, oh, boy. While I was getting the beer brewing equipment for my pilot brew, uh, the the rye cheat steel, mm-hmm. I uh, I also grabbed a few beers from the uh, the basement at Brew Hoo Hoo headquarters. One of them being Drinkenstein's Monster. Oh, yeah. Let it be known that you do not want to leave too much head in a bottle of a beer. Did it explode? Uh, well, the bottle didn't explode. And side note, this uh, this beer fit perfectly in my, uh, in my glass. It's beautiful. No, when I opened it, it shot out as if there was someone pumping it from below. It got, <laughs> it got beer everywhere. I got like maybe 50 mils out of it. It was the worst. Oh man, like a vomit prop from Actually, a comedic yeah. sketch or something. Something out of Evil Dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. May it may it rest in peace. All my favorite shows are getting canceled. This sucks. But I tell you what doesn't suck, Jeremy. This color is beautiful. Be- yeah, it's opaque, but not because of being dark. It's so hazy, you cannot see through it. And I mean, light gets around the edges, but not really through the center. Uh, the color itself is uh, orange. What would you say? Deep straw, orange straw, yeah, golden yeah. straw. What do we are we get anything out of the smell, Michael? Yeah, I still have so much foam on mine. It's it pours like a like if you like poured this beer and cheersed it with somebody, like foam would just fly up into the fly, ceiling. Yes, it'd be like on all those jackass commercials where they just show you like pouring beer, but it's just slopping all over the side. <laughs> yeah, right. And you're like, no one would do that. It's like. I don't know if that bugs me more or if when it's like, our beer is extra cold. Right. We have the <laughs> coldest suds this side of the Pecos or, you know, or whatever idiotic crap is in there. <laughs> suds. Um, yeah, you're welcome. This this is... <laughs> suds would be apt here, though, because it's a real creamy foam. Um, the it smell... really is. Yeasty. Yeasty. That It's a classic Hefe smell mm-hmm. um, with a little, I don't know, more thickness to it i guess you could say as far as the the smell yeah it's not like volatile it just seems to like hang in the air a little bit like it hangs loose like a certain bear <laughs> like a certain partying bear. <laughs> hard with the monks of germany yeah i wonder what that bear's name is fritz or something he's german right do they have bears in germany i mean there's woods aren't there yeah okay cousin of the show you went to germany did you <laughs> see any bears Seems like one of those animals that would have been hunted to extinction in Europe or something. Yeah. Well, I mean, we did kill all the buffalo. Yeah. Michael, I already had a sip. What do you think? It's very, very, very good. Let's go. I'll. This is going to be hard to do. It's a dome of foam cresting the top yeah. of this glass. So, as we established in my uh, post-Vegas recap, when I was talking about the... Uh, the uh, the El Jefe from Banger Brewing or whatever it was, the, the Jalapeno Jefe. Mm-hmm. Jefes are not my favorite style. Oh, yes. Yeah, uh, as established on the show, I believe. I, th- I I was trying to figure out while we were I was waiting for your computer to boot up because uh-huh. I, I, I knew this would come up at some point, why I, dis- I have such a disdain for it. Because I like the Germans. 
uh, or the German versions of this mm-hmm. style of beer, like Weinstefaner is delicious. I like all those beers. So I think way back when, and I'm going to need your help on figuring out the name of this beer, mm-hmm. Boulevard had one. Oh yeah, and it was in a purple. Had a purple label on. Yep, I'm yeah. I'm not gonna be able to recall that, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Is it Lunar Park? It's Lunar. It might have just been Lunar Ale. Oh, I'm looking for it. Hold on, Boulevard Lunar Ale discontinued. Yeah, it was Lunar Ale. That was a dark wheat beer, but yeah. I remember it having a really strong yeast flavor, and it was not. Yep, that's the one. Lunar Ale. Ugh. It looks like it's been discontinued. Good. Screw that beer. <laughs> that wasn't a good um, starting introduction no, to No, it wasn't. Like, if, if I was going to introduce someone to a, a wheat beer, like a, a traditional German Hefe, I would go with something from these guys. Oh, I mean, the Y... Oh, God. Weihen Stefaner Hefe. Vi. Vi, yes, thank you, is... Wilhelm. <laughs> Wilhelm Scream? Strasse. Um, it's amazing. Yeah, it's like the best Hefe. Uh, yeah, I think it's the one with the blue label. I know they have variants, but um, let me check. I think that one's just called like half a vice and our half a beer. Or, you know, our that's beers. like the OG. Oh yeah, it's it's blue. Yeah. It's white label with like a, a white uh, oval-ish crest on there, called wheat beer. Yes. Yep, that's 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 the one. Blue label. You are right, Michael. Good work. This one is. It's interesting. It's not as bubbly as a Hefeweizen, and it, there's these overnotes of like those American hops. You can definitely taste yeah, them. The bitterness is right there in front. Yeah, uh, kind of throughout the whole palate. So it's an interesting combination. Yeah, they, like the Hefe, you don't get those really bright, quote-unquote, bubblegum flavors. Uh, what the else? The bubblegum, the clove, the banana. Yeah, clove, banana. There's a little bit of the banana. Yeah. Those are, you know, taken down in the mix a little bit, and then instead you get this through line of um, hoppiness, kind of bitter hoppiness, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Yeah, it's. I'm not getting a ton of the the fruitiness that the that the uh, flavor text sold. Ha mm-hmm. ha ha. <laughs> but it's a light fruitiness, if there's any. Mm-hmm. The citrus comes through, but it's not like a, a little lemony, uh, just light. Mm-hmm. What what whatever they did they balanced it perfectly. It is. It's, it, to combine those two flavors is. It's not easy, man. Not those easy. Are yeah, those are very, very different. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's a curious one. Um, I wonder if we're drinking it too cold. Yeah, I don't know. I'm mine's. I don't know. Fairly warm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mine. I mine's probably right. What is the temperature range again? Seven to ten C. Okay. Yeah, I'd say mine's probably in there. Maybe a slightly on the cooler side. So 280 to uh, 283 Kelvin? Is that how it goes? <laughs> Once it's absolute zero, the label yeah. turns to ash. What a worthless scale. Seriously, come on, Well, Kelvin. when you're talking about helium, liquid helium. And Yeah, and how often are you talking about that? <laughs> Not too often. That's right. The The wheat is... You can you get some of the weedy flavor that you would expect out of uh, Vian Stefaner. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's it's that trademark yeasty, weedy flavor, which is just fantastic. It's so good. Um, is there anything you dislike about this beer, Michael? It does kind of have a lingering bitterness to it. I kind of like that. You, okay, that's fair enough. Like I like the bitterness through the through like as it goes across the palate, but it's kind of sitting 
on the palette afterwards I mm, have mixed feelings about. But, I don't know, that's kind of a minor complaint given that... I see what you're talking about, and I feel like that hop hanging back, for lack of a better phrase, is kind of adding to the alleged fruity flavor. Yeah. Gives it a little bit of an extra sweetness, which is bizarre considering it's a hop. Like an extra flavoring type angle. <laughs> sure. <laughs> what, what he said. <laughs> Yikes. Um, eh, it happens. Uh, do you want to get into the rating, Michael? Yeah. Do you want to go first on this one? I'm still trying um, to wrap my head around it a little bit. It's very weird, and the more we, I drink it, the more that citrus is poking through. Okay, use this to kind of guide your rating. Would okay. you rather have, let's just say, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale and then Vihen Stefaner Hefe separately, or would you reach for this over those individually? Now, are are we assuming all things are equal, as in, like, just, you know, it's there's an equal amount of this on the shelves. It's not a limited, limited right, edition. Right, yeah, yes. Okay. So let's um, just say, yeah, you walk into a bar and it's like get this or this for the same price. Two of those mm-hmm. or one of these. Same volume, too, overall. It's the big boy like this one is. Everything else equal. I think I would go with this one just because the it's different. Yeah. Just, be, just because, I mean, like, so often when we have these beers uh, that are really kind of going out on a limb, whether it's cherry almond or... That's a good point. <laughs> or it's, you know, mixing a... A Hefe and a Sierra Nevada, which is, the more I think about it, it's just bizarre that this beer works at all, let alone yeah. works well. Yeah. It's like, they don't pull their punches on either style. Like, both both breweries are there. Like, you can tell where... You gotta give them points for pulling it off, yeah. Oh, 100%. Because, yeah. like, it's got that classic German Hefe flavor to it. Like, that's 100% there. And while it doesn't necessarily taste like, you know, the green label Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, it does taste like a West Coast Pale Ale as well. Mm-hmm. So with that in mind, um, I like the effervescence. I love the color. I love the nose. I love the taste. Um, it's evolving, which is always a good thing. That's true, too. Not always necessary, but it is It is a welcome addition. Yes. The mouthfeel is excellent. That Yep, that's another good attribute, too. 4.5. I really, really like this Very beer, nice, Michael. very nice. If I was in the choosing between the beer situation, I guess I would probably reach for this one. I But overall, I would say I like this more than a... And this is just... Maybe it just comes down to type of beers I like. But I like this more than a Sierra Nevada type pale ale. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I like it as much as just a straight up... Again, all things being equal, this is not limited release. Straight up like Vihen Stefaner. Pepe, which I rate very, very highly. What did I say? That weird? Uh, no, it's just that you, you very clearly put uh, a lot of effort in screwing it <laughs> a up. A lot of processing power went into that, much like my computer. Yeah. Um, but because this is limited release and just the feat of pulling this off, as we were talking about earlier, and then you threw in the mouthfeel is a good point, too. Let me go in for a quick sip of judgment. Go for it. I'm very glad we had this one, though. That's me, too. Without question. I'm going to give it... Can't go wrong. Yeah. Again, all other things being equal, I might have given it a four because it's limited release. And then we talked about like the feat of pulling this off. And I don't know, that last sip of judgment, like just, I realized how much this is kind of tickling my fancy. So yeah, Mm -hmm. 4.25. Get it while you can. Yeah. it's, It's still out there. I've seen it 
as recently as a couple days ago. Yeah, and this is what we have here is probably pretty fresh. I mean, I, it was released in early April, I think. So it's something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, still good uh, on the shelf. Not seeing a born on date, but I I got this like the day before we did the swap, and I do believe that they had put it out that day. So this yeah, is very very fresh. Very new. Yeah. Yeah, that's a cool one. I, that will be a that's very good. good one to reflect on when we look at top beers of the year, end of the year, just to be like, what was that like again? That was a crazy beer. Um, uh-huh. So, but yeah, that's another one down the gullet, regardless. Very much so. Michael, hit us up with that APM social media plugs. I will do that. Yeah, I, I got there eventually. <laughs> Before my computer crashes, I will do that. APM pod is where you want to look. You can do that on Twitter, Facebook apmpod at gmail.com emails directly find us on untapped apmpod there too where host emeritus mike keeps up with all of our ratings and i'd be curious to see what mike thinks of this because this i was just thinking the same thing mike get on it yeah we're we're saying that a lot recently but we're having a lot of mike issue beers recently too so it's true so get in touch uh subscribe tell a friend all that good stuff we'll try to put these uh these lists and articles and what have you Oh, I should, yeah. Um, tweet, like tweet social media, tweets. Is, I'll make it like a that. subtweet or make a tweet thread or something. One of those things. Yeah. That'll do it for this episode. So for Jeremy, I've been Michael. For Michael, I've been Jeremy. And you've been listening to American Pale Males. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.